one constant through all the years, Ray. Been beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the show from Rochester, New York. I'm Rick Benson. With me is Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program, sports talk without the trash talk. If you're hearing our show for the first time, we welcome you in. We want you to know that you can find out more about this radio ministry at our website, btgprogram.com, btgprogram.com, or give us a follow on social media at btgprogram, but chances are, If you're listening, you are not hearing this program for the first time because this week's program is not available on open-air radio broadcast. Instead, this is a podcast only. That's because our home station here in Rochester, CBS Sports Radio, is no longer available. The parent company sold off a couple of the stations. I I think we were on four different dial locations. Mm -hmm. The parent company sold off two of them that carried our show. They changed the format on the remaining two dial locations, those two stations, leaving us without a home for this week. I mean, Zach, it was it was cold, too. Had I not happened across their website last week, and I don't know why in the world I was doing that, I was looking for a piece of information. And I'm not talking about CBS, Rochester, CBS Sports Rochester. I'm talking about the website of the parent company. Uh, if I had not just happened across it, I probably still might not know. I saw an announcement of the format change, and I kind of sat tight thinking, well, all right, they're changing the the format on this one station, but they'll probably, I mean, CBS Sports Radio has got a pretty nifty lineup, so they're they're probably just going to go hold it on the one station. And You You would think so. I I, would have thought, but no. They, They changed the format to Latino, and what they sold off is now hip hop. I think we could do Latino, you know. Okay, so is Muy Bueno. I, I think we, I followed that one. Good we, cheese, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got that one locked down. Yeah. Caliente queso bueno. Mm-hmm. It's hot cheese. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, Spanish lessons here. You would think I'd know a little bit more Spanish than I do with as many missions trips as I've taken to the Dominican Republic, but I only need, need to know certain things. Uh, guante, I, I, I know you got to have a glove, mm-hmm. and I know rapido because, man, speed it up, people. Get online. And you got to ask for El Baño, right? I don't know what that one is. That's the bathroom. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I ask for uh, cafe no leche. You know, coffee with no milk. I just want uh, <laughs> you know. just the essentials. I, I know some essential Spanish phrases, but obviously I was surprised. And, and what made it more surprised about this move was they had just moved from 105.5 FM, moved to 95.7, made a big deal about this significantly stronger signal. And I know they looked forward to this signal for a while. But then within a month, I don't know, maybe it was six weeks, they up and dropped CBS Sports Radio for the Latino programming. And nothing against Latino programming. That's fine. But to just completely bail on CBS Radio here in town seemed a bit like the Baltimore Colts pulling out of town in the middle of the night and heading for Indiana. Apestas como un culo, CBS Sports. I don't know what you just said, but it sure sounded cool. 
Their website on Monday morning, after which is when the changes actually took place, simply said, thanks for listening. It was fun while it lasted. And their final tweet from their Twitter account just said, adios, which I guess seems appropriate, I guess, for their new Latino listeners. So we're currently reviewing our options here locally, and for this week anyway, we have a pseudo best of show for you. We're going to give you the Red Hawks report like we do every week. Zach is going to roll out some brand new shenanigans statements like he does every week, and and, and we'll, we'll do our you like that like we normally do. But then we'll play some popular segments from the last few weeks, as obviously we've been investing a lot of time investigating what's available for us. Zach, turning to sports, though, for a minute, Darren shared a meme, and I'm sure it's been going around. There was this group of people, they were obviously Steeler fans all decked out. It says, we're 3-2, and two, and they're sitting very dissatisfied, I guess. You know, the very serious look. They're not happy about being 3-2. Mm-hmm. and two. The next uh, frame uh, of the meme had, I think they were New England Patriots fans, all in their Patriots gear all looking very serious, we're mm-hmm. three and two. And then there was this wild bunch of Buffalo Bills fans partying and just happy, we're three and two. <laughs> and I laughed at this, and then I thought, but there's an awful lot of truth here, isn't it? Well, the there? moral of the story is just to have low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess maybe, but three and two Buffalo Bills fans are feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah. But three and two Patriots fans, Steeler fans, they're disappointed at where they're at. Mm-hmm. You're a, you're a Buffalo Bills fan. What are you thinking about three and two? You like where you're at? I do. I, you know, I, because talking about low expectations, I did not expect to be three and two. I did not expect to beat the Broncos and the Falcons in back-to-back weeks. I also did not expect to lose to the Bengals, so it's a mixed bag. (laughs) But, um, you know, this team has shown that this defense took to Sean McDermott's scheme very quickly, and they're playing at a very high level. Um, There's not a lot of depth, so you need to keep your guys healthy, but if the offense can just be passable, this defense can win them some games. And before the season, I predicted a 6-10 and 10 record. They won two of the games I expected them to lose. So I guess I have to predict at least an 8-8 eight and eight now. Yeah, it's fun to watch when you don't expect much from your team and you're thinking this is going to be a down year. Maybe this is going to be a rebuilding year. The Yankees are I was just you know, say. A, a great example of this. Nobody expected them to be where they are. Thought they'd be better, thought they'd be pretty good, but these young players are going to need a little bit to to mature. We expected some bumps and bruises along the way. We certainly didn't expect what we've gotten. But they've played great. They've handled the pressure well. The Buffalo Bills are, are playing well. And I think if you're a Bills fan, you have every right to be that excited, to be mm-hmm. partying, to be all joyful because your team is 3-2. and two. And if you're a Patriots fan or you're a Steelers fan, listen, man, you're 3-2. and two. You're right there. You're in good good shape, but uh, too bad. Buffalo Bills are up and coming. So uh, we like that. Speaking of the Bills, did you see that picture of Rob Ryan wearing this? Oh, my gosh. What was he thinking? I think we said off the air he looks like he's straight out of Miami Vice, right? Well, that was the, the – somebody tweeted something that said he looked like he was making a cocaine bust in a 1986 uh, <laughs> Miami area. And, and that was so true. It looked like something right out of Miami Vice. It was hilarious. I, it's just sometimes celebrities and and people uh, of notoriety. 
don't you look in the mirror? How do you get to a point where you're looking in the mirror and you say, hey, this looks good. I'm going to wear it on national TV. I'm going to go on this talk show and wear this thing. And sometimes you just look in the mirror and you go, I can't wear this. And clearly he spent some time looking in a mirror because his hair had been like straightened and conditioned or whatever. He's got like the silky white hair going on. <laughs> so he spent a lot of time in the mirror, but he, he didn't, must not have looked farther down than the neck. I hope you'll stick around. Uh, by the way, if, you have, if you're listening to this program, you've probably gone to the trouble of downloading it. So you might as well hear it in its entirety. Please stick around. We'll be back after a few messages. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. This is the Red Hawks Report for the week October 21st, 2017. The Red Hawks Report, as always, is brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. In soccer, senior Sam Moody scored twice in the first half on Wednesday, this on the road against the University of the District of Columbia. However, it was not enough as the Red Hawks men dropped the match 4-2. Moody had also scored a goal on Saturday as the men lost that match at home to Queens College 3-2. They're on the road today, but then the men are home for their final two games of the season. Tuesday the 24th, they'll take on Lock Haven University at 6 p.m. and then conclude the season next Saturday the 28th with a 3.30 match against New York Institute of Technology. On the women's side, the Red Hawks defeated Queens College 1-0 last Saturday behind a goal by sophomore Israela Groves, that coming off a free kick taken by senior Taylor Fletcher. The women will be closing out their 2017 schedule with two games on the road this week before their season finale at home next Saturday the 28th against New York Institute of Technology. That match kicks off at 1 p.m. In other action, the women's volleyball team dropped three matches this week, all by identical 3-0 scores. And after dropping a close one against St. Thomas Aquinas College last Friday night 5-4, the women's tennis team rolled past Post University on Saturday 8-1. The men's tennis team also defeated Post on Saturday by a 6-3 margin. The women's bowling team got off to a rough start, kicking off the season last weekend at the Bud Whitman Memorial Tournament hosted by Cutstown University. The Red Hawks went 2-8 in play over the weekend. Sophomore Nicole Barry bowled a game-high 223 for the Red Hawks. And finally in golf, the men came in 13th out of the 19 teams competed at the Lemoyne Fall Invitational last weekend. Junior Eric Spitz shooting six over par, finishing with the top performance for the Roberts men. Looking ahead, you can catch Roberts Wesleyan Athletics at home this week. As we already mentioned, the men's soccer team will be at home Tuesday the 24th at 6 p.m. and then finish the season next Saturday the 28th at 3.30, which is immediately following the women's finale next Saturday at 1, both teams hosting New York Institute of Technology. And let me take a moment and wish the Robert Swim teams the best of luck as they not only kick off their season, but the launch of the entire program with meets today at SUNY Cortland and next Saturday at Genesee Community College. For more information on Robert's Wesleyan Athletics, including scores, highlights, and more, visit their website, robertsredhawks.com, or follow Robert's Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Report presented by Robert's Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. 
They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that can pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, the Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program, mixing sports with faith. The Beyond the Game program is recorded in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. You can find us at btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Zach, you know my wife is a school teacher. I'm just sitting here looking at this text that she just sent me. She says, so a parent, uh, a parent of, I guess, one of the students in her class got married in 2004. Jeter was at courthouse for something and jumped in for a photo. And she sent this picture. And here's this couple with, I guess, their best man, their maid of honor. And Derek Jeter standing here in the middle. <laughs> this is so cool. I, I like I'm just completely distracted by it. You showed it to me, and I like that it's not his wedding. He doesn't know anybody there, but he's in the center of the photo. Not Looking even the bride and groom, too. but he's, Derek Jeter. Yeah, and this is uh, that's pretty cool. Hey, we're glad to have you along for the hour as we say hello to the fine people, good-looking people, highly intelligent people listening from Lakeland, Florida. Lakeland is one of the many places where the Beyond the Game podcast was downloaded this past week. Our podcast is available on demand at our website, as well as on iTunes and Google Play. Each week, listeners from all over the world across the United States have the program automatically downloaded to their favorite device. You can do the same. I spent two years living in Lakeland, Florida, Zach. It is beautiful, located between Tampa and Orlando, right there in I-4. It was an easy shoot to get to Either of those cities, the various tourist spots or sporting events in those cities. And, of Mm -hmm. course, Lakeland is the spring training home for the Detroit Tigers. Has been since basically Moses played baseball. (laughs) They've been there forever. I remember one time I was – it was a cool, cloudy day. It really wasn't – and they hadn't started spring training games yet. This was still very early in, in spring training. I was one of two people. In the entire thing, for the workouts for free, you could just walk in and sit down. 
You know, they're just going through workouts. I was one of two people sitting there, but it was such a unique experience because they're having they're they're kind of laughing it off. They're calling us their token fans, and hey, look, we have one. And mm-hmm. this is going back to the days of Cecil Fielder, who, by the way, I ran into Chili's, and, and you're just running <laughs> into these guys. And the spring training is just a cool. Look, if cool nobody's going to toss you a ball when you're one of only two people in the stands, you're never getting a ball. Well, I did get a ball. Singer-songwriter Johnny Diaz grew up in Lakeland. In fact, he was a very good baseball player. I'm not familiar with his music, but maybe you are. Are you familiar with Johnny Diaz? Nope. Okay. Well, he grew up in Lakeland. (laughs) He received a full scholarship to play at Florida State. He left school early, though. I I think... I heard he played only one year there following God's call to be a musician. And maybe you haven't heard of Johnny Diaz, but you have heard of his brother, Matt, who did play professionally. For the Braves and the Yankees. Yeah, and the Pittsburgh Pirates, a couple other organizations. Many athletes, uh, many other athletes, I should say, born and raised in Lakeland. Baltimore Ravens great Ray Lewis. He was actually born in Bartow, where a dear friend of mine lives, but that's right outside Lakeland. Orioles legend Boog Powell, who I don't know. Young people may know him for his barbecue as much as they know. Oh, he was a baseball player? I didn't know. I Mm -hmm. I sure like his ribs. And remember Rod Smart from the XFL? He hate me? Yes. From Lakeland, Florida. Thanks for listening, Lakeland. Thank you wherever you may be. Zach, what do you have for us for this week's shenanigans statements? All right. Yankee starting pitcher CeCe Sabathia. Truth or shenanigans, he will wear a Yankees hat on his Cooperstown Hall of Fame plaque. Truth. Yeah, absolutely. He spent nine seasons in New York. Yes, so far he spent nine seasons in Mm -hmm. New York. I have every expectation that he'll be back next year, which is longer than he was with any other club. Uh, Having started his career in Cleveland, he only played seven seasons there, part of an eighth, but uh, he had arguably his finest two seasons as a player in New York, 2009, 2010, you could argue 2007 is for Cleveland He when he won a Cy Young. But uh, listen, I, I, yeah, I think so. And it's not really up to him. My understanding is up to the Hall of Fame now. They changed that a couple of years ago. And I think they would respect his, uh, they would they, they would favor his time of service with New York. He, look, he's a, he's a Yankee at this point. Mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, I think also he won his World Series title with the Yankees. And who knows, in a few weeks, he may have another one. But I think whatever team you you do your winning with, I think that generally tends to be the team that goes on the plaque. So I would agree. I think he'll be a Yankee in the whole thing. It's hard for us being Yankee fans. We identify him with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty – I would think other people do too. I would think Mm -hmm. even at this point Cleveland fans are saying, well, he's a Yankee now. I think so. Sticking with baseball, Jose Altuve, Astro second baseman, is the best player in baseball. Ah, shenanigans. The best player is Didi Gregorius. <laughs> Clearly. All right, seriously, it's not Didi, but it's not Altuve either. Although, admittedly, uh, he's in that conversation. In my mind, I'm still, I stick with Mike Trout. I, I think he's still the best player in the game, but I will admit Altuve has put himself in that conversation. What do you say? I would stick with Mike Trout as well. Um, Mike Trout put up MVP-level numbers this year despite being out for a month with an injury. Um, the stuff that he does, it's amazing how underappreciated he is. And um, he's one of those players that you tell your grandkids that you got to see him. 
And Jose Altuve is great. He's fun. He's exciting. It's awesome when he stands next to Aaron Judge. But um, <laughs> while I would consider him top five, I, Mike Trout's still the number one player. Did you see after you know, you're laughing at Jose Altuve standing next to Aaron Judge earlier this week, Ken Rosenthal was mm-hmm. interviewing Aaron Judge. And it was just like this little kid holding the microphone up in the air. And at one yeah. point, he's completely out of the camera shot, <laughs> except except when it moved a little bit, the camera did, and you just sort of caught his forehead, you know, the <laughs> crown of his head. It, mostly just an arm and a hand and a microphone. It was the... hysterical to see. Number three, Vikings quarterback Teddy Bridgewater has been cleared to practice after missing all of last year and the first six weeks of this season to a gruesome knee injury. So truth or shenanigans, if Bridgewater comes back in his pre-injury form, the Vikings can win the Super Bowl. What say ye? I say yes. Um, we, know the de- we know the defense is good. We know that they've got playmakers across the offense. Um, they've been getting surprisingly passable quarterback play from Case Keenum with Sam Bradford's uh, suffering a knee injury of his own. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater was was growing and developing as a, as a young quarterback and, and was playing well before his unfortunate injury. I think that if he can come back and control the offense the way he did pre-injury, the Vikings can go all the way to the Super Bowl. I think you can end that argument by saying the Vikings are where they're at with Case Keenum. You know, if anybody else comes along, they're mm-hmm. going to be even better. Kind of seriously, though, if Aaron Rodgers, if he's out for the whole year, as probably he is, mm-hmm. The Packers are no longer the heavy favorite that I figured them to be, that a lot of people figured them to be. So, in my opinion, it's up for grabs. I mean, who's, nobody appears to be running away yet as a clear favorite, and Minnesota's as talented as anybody. So, yeah, yeah I agree 100%. Despite not even being the team's week one starter, Houston Texans rookie quarterback Deshaun Watson now leads the league in touchdown passes, or truth or shenanigans, Watson is already a legitimate top 10 quarterback in the NFL. You know, I say shenanigans. He's he's not a top 10. And sometimes leading the league in TD passes can be a bit of misleading because if mm-hmm. you're behind and you have to throw a lot, yep. you know, that... that a la Blake Bortles. Yeah, that, that's not a great statistic to base that argument on, but... Let's be honest, he wasn't the week one starter, so putting him in the top 10, not even halfway through the season, would be p- placing a heavy emphasis on potential. Albeit, I, pro- a, a great probability of potential, a whole world of potential. He's definitely an exciting player, and he's knocking on the door to enter that list of the top 10, but I, I think you need to see a little bit more from him, and I, I suppose it depends on if you're counting guys out like Aaron Luck, uh, excuse mm-hmm. Aaron Luck, Andrew Luck, and Aaron Rodgers. I mix the two together. But if those guys, you're not counting them because they're injured. But you go down the list. You got Aaron Rodgers. You got Tom Brady. You got Derek Carr, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Drak Prescott, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan. No, I don't. Not a top ten. Not yet. I agree with you. I say shenanigans. Um, now, with the caveat that at the end of the season, he could very well be. Because, like you said, there's two of your top quarterbacks are injured, possibly for the rest of the season. Ben Roethlisberger has looked pretty bad, but at the same time, while he's probably a no doubt top ten fantasy quarterback in real life, there's just not enough to 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 go by. He hasn't faced that many elite defenses yet, you know, and and uh, putting up a lot of points on the Patriots looked impressive at first, but as we've seen, their defense is not very good. So uh, I need to see more from Deshaun Watson. 
As I usually do, I agree with you, buddy. Not not yet. A team like the Jacksonville Jaguars that might consider themselves just a quarterback away from being a powerhouse contender would be better off signing Alex Smith this offseason than drafting one of the many quarterback prospects in the 2018 NFL draft. Wow. that That's a tough statement. I mean, it comes down to all in for right now or looking to make a run for a number of seasons. That's, that's tough. That's, uh, boy, I guess it just comes down to the approach you want to take, but I'm going to agree because it's so hard to repeat in the NFL where it's, you know, it's a short season in terms of the number of games where a bad loss here or there can be crucial and where each postseason game is an elimination game. So if a team thinks they're in a position to win it all, if only they had a veteran presence or a veteran leader like Smith uh, can provide, as opposed to getting that through the draft, which you're not going to get the leadership through the draft, then if you're if they think they're in that position, then yeah, I think you need to take your shot. But uh, best case scenario, though, you'd like to think that maybe they could pull off some variation of doing both. That was going to be my answer as well, that I think if you really think you're ready to win next year, you bring in the guy that you know can get it done, We've seen some quarterbacks have hiccups this year, like Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Watson's really been the exception so far for the the young quarterbacks. So Alex Smith would make sense, but if you're a team that's as loaded at most other positions besides quarterback as the Jaguars or a team like that, why not do both? Why not sign Alex Smith to a a short-term deal, pay him big money short-term, and draft a quarterback in the first or second round? I think you could do both. Yeah, I think in the NFL, more than any place else, your window of opportunity is so small. You know, if you get off to the bad start, like, say, the Giants did, you don't have 162 games, so you don't have an opportunity to right the ship. Mm-hmm. Not like basketball or, or hockey where you have 80-some games, so you can right the ship. You get off to an 0-4 or 0-5 start, or you lose 4-5 or 5 there in, in the middle somewhere, I think if you're in a position where you could win now, you need to take your shot every time. So, yeah, but you're right. Some variation of both is probably the approach you'd want to take. Do you think anyone saw Alex Smith being this good this season? No. Because he's always been the quarterback that you look at as the safe but boring option. Yeah, people but like he, to pick on him in their preseason Yeah, that you know, you, you see the jokes on Twitter, Alex Smith's favorite ice cream is vanilla. And, you know, Alex Smith drives a Volvo, you know, or all those things. But the dude's balled out this year. Props to him. He's been fantastic. And he may have the last laugh because the Chiefs mm-hmm. look really good. Last but not least, switching to hockey, the New York Rangers, Yay. my beloved New York Rangers, are in trouble. Truth or shenanigans? What do you say? I say yes. Yeah, I do too. Um, as somebody who's watched several of the games and, and keeps track of what's going on, it's not new that I am not a fan of Coach Alain Vigneault. Uh, I thought there would be better <laughs> things this year because a lot of the poor players that it, he's... It's not new to anybody that follows you on social media. No, you're probably sick of it. You've probably blocked uh, any mention of Alain Vigneault. But, um, you know, I thought it'd be a better year this year because guys like Dan Girardi and Tanner Glass that he loved to give minutes to that really shouldn't have been given those minutes are gone. They signed Kevin Shattenkirk... Uh, to bolster the defense, to make those first passes and run the power play. And they had some exciting young players that I couldn't wait to see. And he has found a way already to demote those players, not give them enough minutes. Uh, top exciting prospect 
Philip Heedle started the season on the team as an 18-year-old with a chance to prove he belonged, was given about 12 minutes of ice time across two games, and then decided he couldn't yeah. hack it and sent him down. It just the way that he utilizes this roster continues to just perplex and infuriate me. And um, The Rangers are legitimately about two losses away from digging themselves too big of a hole to climb out of to make the playoffs. So their season is already hanging on a knife's edge. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm in that much agreement. I mean, I agree with you until you said that last statement. I don't I don't think they're a, win, a loss or two away from being eliminated. As we just talked about when talking about Alex Smith, you have an opportunity to right the ship. And I think the Rangers still have. But I agree that they're in trouble. And what I think what causes them to be in trouble is the fact that they don't appear to have a clear plan. Mm-hmm. What in the world is the lame video doing? I mean, I think even his his most notorious, I don't know if that's the right word, his best defenders, those that would come out in defense of him, they're beginning to question what he He juggles the lineup more than anyone I can think of. And as you've already pointed out and have done so many times, Zach, he seems to be loyal to a fault to veteran guys who he considers mm-hmm. to be his guys. The Rangers have new pieces, like you just said. I would expect it to take a little bit for that to come together. But uh, I tell you, Vigneault may be hurting things while us, you know, while this team is struggling. He's mm-hmm. making things worse rather than, than helping. And it kills me because you you know, and anyone who's listened to the show for a long time knows, I'm a big proponent of using advanced stats and metrics to make yourself better. And it's uh, a long way of saying you're a nerd. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, Pavel Bushnevich, who's one of their best young players, is the other day he led the team in, in possession metrics. He scored a power play goal. He got he drew two penalties on the other team, played a fantastic game. So what does Elaine Vigneault do? He demotes him to the fourth line and gives him less than six minutes of ice time. Makes it's, no sense. It's just I don't know what he's doing. So Makes no sense. Good thing the Yankees are good. That's it for shenanigans. We need to take a break, let you hear from a sponsor or two who make this program possible. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game Show. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family-owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. 
Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. This next segment came from our July 29th program. And Zach and I are both Yankees fans. There's no secret to that. So we kind of enjoy when the Red Sox implode a little bit. And it's always been hard here in recent years because the Red Sox have been, well, one, they've been good. But two, they've got guys on the team that I that I like. I like rooting for them. I want to see them do well. Guys like Dustin Pedroia comes to mind. But in this instance, they also have David Price, who more or less just ambushed Dennis Eckersley because of some things Eckersley said on the air as a broadcaster, which weren't even about price. So we give a biblical perspective on dealing with conflict, and we take it from this segment. Here's that segment we did on July 29th, dealing with David Price and Dennis Eckersley. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program coming to you from the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. BTGprogram.com or at BTG program. So it was reported earlier this week, Zach, maybe it was late last week, pitcher David Price had a bit of a disagreement with Hall of Famer, <laughs> former Red That's Sox pitcher, current broadcaster Dennis Eckersley on the team plane. Apparently, Price didn't like something that Eckersley had said on the air about Another player, much like the way he played, Eckersley, he he comes right at you. He's opinionated. He says whatever's on his mind. And over the course of his broadcasting career, he's frosted the few fannies of a number of players along the way. Of course, he's filling in currently for Jerry Remy, who's dealing with recurrence of lung cancer. But this isn't somebody who does not have a frame of reference for the game of baseball. This is Dennis Eckersley. He's a Hall of Fame pitcher. It's not somebody who just went to broadcasting school, mm-hmm. you know, never played at the professional level. This is Dennis Eckersley. And isn't that what you hear players complain about sometimes? Well, the broadcaster, he, do- he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's never played the game. Right. This isn't that. This is a guy who played it and played it pretty darn well. At an well. elite level for a long time. Yeah, he's among the best to have ever done it since he's enshrined at Cooperstown. I think David Price must not be familiar with the law that says – if you have a boss mustache like Dennis Eckersley, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> According to Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe, Price took issue with Eckersley saying, yuck, referring to Eduardo Rodriguez's stats as they were displayed on a television screen after Rodriguez made a minor league rehab start at A Portland, a start in which he allowed six runs, nine hits, in just three innings. And remember, this was against minor league hitters, double A minor league hitters. Yeah, yuck. I, I, yuck. I think yuck is probably being pretty kind, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. The story seems to be that Price was standing somewhere in the middle of the plane with a group of teammates around him. So he, they're waiting for Eckersley to go by, which naturally he would because broadcasters sit in the back of the team planes. So I'm picturing in my mind some type of ambush as they're sitting there waiting for That's this what guy. what it sounds like if you read it. Yeah. So as Eckersley neared, Price blocks his path 
like a little kid and shouts, here he is, the greatest pitcher who ever lived. This game is easy for him. And, of course, Price is a big-deal player. I mean, he's David Price. He's a big-deal player. Mm -hmm. So I'm picturing all these little players around him, little-deal players, who just want to be accepted, want to be, you know, given approval by the big dog. So they're all applauding his moronic behavior. And then the the report says that when Eckersley tried to give his side of the story, kind of explain where he was coming from, Price simply told him to get the blank out of here, which he says again a little while later when Eckersley goes to the front of the plane to talk to somebody and then on his way back, he ends up saying the same thing, get the blank out of here. Now, I, you know, I love bashing the Red Sox. But to be quite honest, apart from that one David Ortiz segment we did a month or two or three ago, mm-hmm. it's been hard because I think they've assembled a pretty classy group of guys here in Boston. I, you know, I, I – I'm a Yankees fan, but I kind of like the team they have. I like the guys on it. But this brings us back to the good old days when Red Sox players make it so easy to dislike them. You know, like when their catcher gets all tough guy when he's wearing a mask and full gear and decides he wants to get in somebody's face pandering to the home crowd. I think you know the situation I'm talking about. Yeah, I think we just celebrated the anniversary of that this week. Yeah, that's right. You made a tweet about that, didn't you? Yeah, I saw that. There are two types of people who block somebody's path by standing in their way, taunting them. Immature child and bullies. And David Price was being both. Because a broadcaster said about six runs, five of which were earned, on nine hits and three innings because a broadcaster said that was yuck. As if bullying a broadcaster doesn't make a player look ridiculous already. Price goes next level stupid. When he was asked the next day about the incident, he said, Quote, some people just don't understand how hard this game is. The guy you're talking about is a Hall of Famer. What doesn't he understand? In fact, Eckersley is a guy who succeeded both as a starter and as a reliever. I'm guessing that he probably understands more about pitching than most pitchers. Mm -hmm. And he pitched into a very advanced age. I would say probably the last few years it was very hard for him. You just don't see players... You know, getting all that worked up about something they said in the media, you know, they know it comes with the territory. But when they do, they usually pick their spots, and it's usually about something a little bit more significant or a little bit more harsh than calling someone's stats yuck. Red Sox manager John Farrell confirmed the incident, said that it was being handled internally, of course, you know, company line. Mm -hmm. The Boston Globe reports that Price met with Farrell and Red Sox president Dave Dombrowski, and that even team owner John Henry and chairman Tom Werner have all tried to resolve this situation, yet no public apology has been given to Eckersley. Farrell would only say that the Red Sox have moved on and our focus is on winning games. Classy. Mm -hmm. In fact, when asked on a Boston area radio program if he had personally apologized to Eckersley, Farrell responded, yeah, that's a no. Now, Eckersley's not traveling with the Red Sox on this current West Coast trip they're on. He isn't expected to be with the team on the road anytime in the near future. So maybe there'll be time for time for this whole thing to, to calm down. But Price is a bit of a piece of work. He seems ultra sensitive. I mean, it was only a month ago that he said he wasn't going to speak anymore on days that he doesn't pitch. So in other words, he's only going to speak to the media when he has to. Mm-hmm. He, he had He's had other incidents with reporters, specifically following a game in New York even earlier this year. Now, it seems to me, don't you think there has to be more to this? Like, Price, for Price to get so worked up over him saying yuck about Eduardo Rodriguez, mm-hmm. 
seems to me there's more to it. Like, he had to have been upset about something Eckersley may have said about him, although it looks too self-serving if you're going to approach Eckersley on your own behalf. So he makes looks more heroic if he's defending Rodriguez. And didn't, when Price was with the Blue Jays for a half season, didn't they have an issue with the media where they had pictures hung up in the locker room of which media people they could and couldn't talk to? Yes. Because if, that, if that's yes, when he you're was right. on the team, now you have a pattern of things that follow him around. Yeah, you're right. I, let Rodriguez handle his own situation. He's a grown man. He can do it. That's the thing that really jumped out at me, too, besides just the, the idiocy of the situation, is he's not even the guy that the comments were made about. The guy that he made the comments about hasn't said anything that I know of. I haven't seen any comments from him either. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 and 16 says, If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If Price was so bothered by something Eckersley said about Rodriguez, what he should do was was go to Eckersley. Go to him and try to get it right without making a scene, without trying to intimidate someone into relenting their positions. There's better ways than trying to bully somebody. Go to the other person, try to get it right. And then if that doesn't work, go to them again, but this time take another person with you, not confrontationally, but you know, with a real concern, a real motive to try to get it right. And you know, look, if they still don't come around, that other person, at least you got one or two witnesses there who said, well, they can verify that you tried. Mm-hmm. And by the way, those witnesses may, they may actually see that you have some fault in the situation. And, you know, we should be prepared to receive that if that's, you know, if, if we're following this biblical way of handling conflict and, and we take these witnesses and they say, you know what, you have a little fault here. Well, be prepared to hear that. This is where humility goes hand in hand with trying to get our pride under control. And I suspect had David Price done this, somebody, somebody would have had at least half a sense to have suggested, maybe you're overreacting here, David. All he said was, yuck, it really isn't worth getting all that hot and bothered over. Especially since, as we both said, it wasn't even about him for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Always private before public. People, people like to complain about things because it's actually easier to complain about it than discussing it with that other person. Remember, forgiveness and restoration is the goal. But too often, people are like Jonah. You know, we're angry. We, we just want to see the opponent or, or the person on the other side of the conflict embarrassed, humiliated. We want to see them relent. Jonah, want, did he, you know, he just wanted to see judgment on Nineveh. He didn't want to see them repent and turn to God. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Like many of us, when we're involved in a disagreement or in a conflict, David Price was only concerned with coming out on top. For him to say that Eckersley, of Eckersley, that some people just don't understand how hard the game is, well, that just proves he really didn't care anything about Eckersley because he does understand how hard the game is. Mm-hmm. There was no humility of mind. He definitely wasn't regarding Eckersley as more important than than himself. And I think we can we can diffuse nearly every situation if we follow that advice found there in Philippians chapter two verse three. When we approach a disagreement, when we approach it with humility, we view the other person and their feelings as more important than our own. Resolution is generally 
pretty quickly resolved. And I'm not saying they're going to end up agreeing with you. I'm not saying you're going to get your way. But you are more prepared to disagree peaceably if that should be the ultimate a- outcome. We must always be prepared to seek forgiveness, not not only to seek forgiveness, but to grant forgiveness. Yes, we should look for that, but we should also be prepared to give it. Matthew chapter 18, Peter asked the Lord how often one needs to grant forgiveness. Seven? And in, verses, uh, in verse 22 of chapter 18, which we just read a little bit a little ago from chapter 18, Jesus says, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. In other words, you just keep forgiven as long as they keep asking. And remember what the Bible says in James chapter 4. Of course, that passage speaking specifically of conflicts within a Christian community, you know, within the church, but it's always good to take pause and kind of see, man, what is the real root of this problem? Could it be my pride? Could the conflict be me wanting my own way? Could it be that I have some lack of understanding? James 4.1 says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? That there's something within you that you want passionately more than you're concerned with the other person? It's a good chapter to end this discussion on, really to resolve conflicts more often than not. We only need to examine our own side of the situation. If resolution is truly what we seek, then what we need to do is humble ourselves. Four basic steps, four basic steps outlined in James chapter four. The first one in the first three verses, you see that, uh, To resolve conflicts, we should judge our own selfish motives. How am I being selfish here? There's probably some selfishness on my own part. In the next three verses, verses 4 to 6, there's the instruction to stop chasing after our own desires and instead look for God's grace. To resolve conflicts, the third step outlined in James chapter 4 is to submit to God, resist the devil, and repent of sin. And the fourth one is pretty simple. Stop judging others. Submit yourself to God's will. Inside the church, with inside the Christian community, there really should be no conflict at all. David Guzik says this, No two believers, both walking in the Spirit of God towards each other, can live with wars and fights among themselves. If you're truly out there living for Christ, being a, walking in the Spirit of God, there's no way you and I can be at a quarrel because we both have the same thing in mind. And then there's Didi Gregorius. What I love about Gregorius is not not only has he played great in the field, and that arm, he has got a great arm. Mm-hmm. He makes some of those Jeter-esque plays deep in the hole where he comes up jumping and throwing at the same time. It, but the bat, beyond all that, though, he's so much fun to watch. The cameras find him in the dugout because he seems to often be smiling. He's having fun. He's... He's he, and and that is so infectious that it the rest of the team is relaxed mm-hmm. and they're having fun in the dugout away from in addition to the game away from the play on the field they're having fun being part of whenever someone brings joy to what they do whether it's playing baseball delivering packages or, or waiting on customers joy is noticeable mm-hmm. happiness is noticeable. It makes you wonder what happened in that person's day. Why are you so happy? What happened in your day? And even if you see that consistently in the same person over and over, you begin to wonder what's going on in that person's life that makes them that way. Joy shows a life which has been impacted for the better. 
When a person's life has been changed by God and, and they've been set free from the guilt and the burden of their sins, it's as if they've been given a new heart. Zach, this is Ezekiel 36, verses, uh, verse 26. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. It's good fruit. That's what joy is. Part of the list given in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Joy is the second one there, right behind love. I don't know that they're given in any significant order, but joy, joy is in that list. And of all people, of all people, Christians have so much to be thankful for, knowing that because of sin, we're, we're, we're sentenced to an eternity in hell. But yet, because of forgiveness of sins that comes with a belief in Jesus, we can escape hell and we can enjoy eternity in heaven with God. That ought to bring joy. That does bring joy. The kind of joy that, while we can have a bad day now and again, we all do, it's a type of joy that should be noticeable. People will recognize the joy in our lives the way they recognize how much fun Didi Gregorius is having playing mm-hmm. baseball. And not only will they notice it, but it'll cause them to wonder what's impacted your life in, in such a way. And you can tell them, well, Christ. So how about it? Do you have that joy? And if you're a believer, are you resting in that joy and displaying it for the world to see? It's a result of the gospel message. That's what it is. What is the gospel message? Well, that's simple. Jesus gave his life on the cross to pay for your sins so that if you would repent and believe, you can be forgiven. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned. All have come short of the glory of the God. And if you think that's not you, well, you know, the Bible also says in 1 John 1.8 that if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Romans 6.23 points out the hope. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is a consequence there, There is a downside to not seeking God's forgiveness, and the Bible says it's spending eternity in hell. But God gave us all this choice. People can accept his plan of salvation, which is repenting and seeking forgiveness, or they can try and do it on their own. He's not waiting for you to be good and then accepting you. He died on the cross while you already were knee-deep in sin. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus did the hard part. He loved you enough to die for you. The famous verse, Tim Tebow wears on his eye black, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If we confess our sins, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you. And he wants for you to call on him. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. What's your heart believing in this morning? The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you want to be saved from your sins, ask God to forgive you. Pray to God and tell him that you know you're a sinner. Tell him you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. Admit your guilt, seek his forgiveness, 
and begin a new journey. Instead of fighting God's authority, seek after righteousness. Repent from sins. That's what that means, desiring to grow closer to God. If you're hearing our show for the first time, we welcome you in. We want you to know that you can find out more about this radio ministry at our website, btgprogram.com, along with the finest producer in all of faith-based sports (laughs) talk radio, that being, of course, Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play, or on our website, MythsAndMysteriesPod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries Podcast, and we'll see you next time. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student-athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It's here. Ram Sports Network. Christian Sports Television. That's right. Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian sports TV channel with programming from Pee Wee to the pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at ramsportsnetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network. More than a game. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. The only faith-based sports radio program in America that uses Black Betty as a bumper. (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm waiting for some sort of explanation on why in the world you use that. But other than it, I know it's got an awesome sounding intro. It's got a great intro. It's got a great guitar. It's fun. <laughs> it's a classic. The Bible says in Second Timothy 2, verse 13, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. God is faithful regardless of what circumstances we may find ourselves in. If you were watching the NBA season get underway, you may have seen two just horrible injuries to NBA stars. Both suffered on their team's opening night. If you didn't see the game itself, you very likely saw some of the gruesome images of Boston Celtics' Gordon Hayward's Mm -hmm. severely damaged ankle. And yes, I've seen 
the Twister meme with him. And, and, and it's, all right, it's a little funny, Darren, but, you know, you're just sick. <laughs> anyway, Hayward is in his very first game with the Celtics after leaving the Utah Jazz and signing this four-year, $128 million free agent contract, feeling real good about openings nights. It didn't go down like that. His parents happened to be in the stands in Cleveland as Boston took on the Cavaliers. They witnessed their son go down in a heap. Must have been horrifying for them. But it was the confidence of Hayward's father, who after visiting him in the locker room, expressed his confidence in God by saying, God will take care of this. It's a detour on his journey. We have faith that God's got this. If that weren't enough, and... I'll tell you, that Hayward injury was ugly, Zach. That should be enough. But if it weren't, the very next night, Jeremy Lin of the New Jersey Nets ruptured the patellar tendon of his right knee. He's now expected to miss the rest of the season. Did you see that clip? Lin goes down. I didn't. And then he's just in tears as he fell to the court in the fourth quarter of the Nets season opener. But a few hours later, he tweets this, quote, God's always faithful and in control. Making these injuries worse, it would seem anyway to me that it was opening night. You know, after all the preparations of getting ready for the season, you've put in all that work, all the expectations of the season ahead, and then it all goes down before the season even gets going. I mean, it's got to be so discouraging. Psalm 36 verse 5 says, Your loving kindness, O Lord, extends to the heaven. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. A steadfast faith. Despite adverse circumstances such as these horrible injuries, is what I like this week. You like that? You like that? What I like this week was Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. Not only did Watson lead the Texans to a 33 to 17 beatdown of the Browns, but he tied the NFL record for most touchdown passes through a player's first six games with his 15th of the year. But what I liked was after the game when Watson noticed a small boy holding up a sign that said it was his ninth birthday. And politely asking for a game ball, Watson handed a football to one of the team assistants, pointed out the ball, had it delivered to him, and made the kid's day. You could see him in the clip as he was just beaming from ear to ear, had a great time. So Deshaun Watson making a nine-year-old boy's birthday special is what I like to see. This has been the Beyond the Game program. Please stop by our website, btgprogram.com. Not only can you find out more information about the program, you can listen to past broadcasts, but you can also find information on what it is to be a believer in Jesus Christ and knowing him as your Savior. And for those of you who may feel so led, you can make a donation to our radio ministry at the website. It does take money. I'm sad to say, but it does take money to be able to put this program on the air so that we can use sports talk radio to present the gospel to listeners around the world. We're needful. We're grateful of your support. And be sure to check out the Myth and Mysteries podcast. If you enjoy myths, curious stories, unsolved mysteries and such, you'll love this podcast, which Zach Barletta, our producer here, does with his brother Spencer. Myth and Mysteries, it's available on iTunes and Google Play, or visit their website, mythandmysteriespod.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Everybody.